The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. We are here today to bury the idea that working out in NYC is dead. Let's be honest, the COVID-15 is real and that's fine. It makes perfect sense though. It's been our unhealthiest, most stagnant year in a billion different ways. I mean, what's the first thing that happened when lockdowns were enacted? Everyone learned to bake sourdough bread and stopped moving. New Yorkers getting a little meaty was inevitable and that's fine. On average, people gained two pounds per month during lockdowns. Probably because we spent a year inside for CDC safety, glued to our couches for CDC safety, binging entire seasons of shows in a day meant to be enjoyed over the course of an entire month for CDC safety. This pandemic has completely changed the way we view exercising. It used to be a no-brainer when it came to getting a workout in. You get in a car, go to a gym, and run on a treadmill until you didn't want to run on a treadmill anymore. Then you ran for five more minutes. The problem is coronavirus gets spread through sweaty mist, which is literally what gyms are. Gyms are a factory for sweaty mist. Hot people sweaty mist. And this led to health departments targeting gyms specifically because of how they're coronavirus breeding grounds. With workout staples like Peloton, Rumble, Equinox, Planet Fitness, and everywhere else you pump some iron being forced to close down, it forced everyone to either abandon their workout routine altogether or try and build home gyms, which in New York involves doing Pilates inches from your roommate currently working on a Zoom call. The most exercise I did this year was run away from my anxieties. With this major change in the way we stay in shape, it begs the question, is, is working out in New York dead? My name is Eitan Levine. I'm a comedian and writer from New York. I've written for the New York Times and Amazon. And one time I was in an elevator with one of the Winklevosses, but I don't know which one. I'm Jackson Clements, comedian, writer, commentator on BuzzFeed. And I put that I have an AC unit in my apartment on my Hinge profile. This is NYC is Dead, a podcast focused on proving how alive this city actually is. Every week we speak with New Yorkers that have direct influence and insight into the industries that this city is famous for and hear how it's changed in the wake of 2020. At the end of each episode, we'll get a little closer to answering the question, is NYC dead? Drexton Clemens. Hey, Tom Levine. You know, this week is the workout episode. We wanted to talk to some people who know way more about working out than we know about. And uh, our first interview was with Joe Masiri. Who looks like a Michelangelo sculpture became oh. a man. Oh, if he literally looks like if Jesus Christ had children. Okay, beautiful, stunning, beautiful. angelic. Uh, and he has a website uh, and a group called The Dad Habit, which... Uh, focuses on improving uh, dad lives and you know implementing healthy living lifestyle techniques and stuff to dads. And to be honest, I dads need a little need a little healthy boost. Uh, you know, hey, hey, talking to him made me want to be a father. That's yeah. how good mm -hmm. his conversation was. Yeah. I was like, I could have a kid right now. And you know what's crazy? Even just talking to kids hasn't made me want to have a kid. This guy, <laughs> he is selling, he is selling a, a snake oil in the form of little children. Little children, all right? And that, so whoever wants to marry me, hit me up right now. My phone number is so anyway, yeah. um, no, this has been, he was a really, really fun interview. He has a lot to say about like the workout habits during the pandemic. And uh, just I, a, a, what I liked about him was that he clearly 
there's the niche of dads who want to get in shape, who, you know, want to do anything from just like getting off the couch without huffing and puffing to like, you know, maintaining a six pack. And he kind of uh, recognized the difficulties and just like how much time it takes to maintain a body and stuff like that. And that's why he created the dad habit to uh, start a community and to, you know, be a way to give out healthy tips to the dads. That is what I liked about this guy. He was really about community because a lot of people, when they get into working out, that becomes their entire lifestyle. That becomes their entire reason Ugh. for being like CrossFit people. Ugh. I swear to God, are the are the vegans of workout? That's all they talk about is CrossFit. Ugh. This man, you know, had a you know how you know how you know if someone uh, does CrossFit, you wait like three seconds wait. and they'll tell you exactly unprompted. You don't need a. <laughs> This guy you could you could take to a party and he will talk about something else. Yeah, and maybe not for long, but definitely something. You ever flip a tire? Wait, no, <laughs> no one was talking to me. I want to talk about tires. <laughs> uh, yeah. So check out this interview. It's really really fun, and uh, yeah, check it out. This is Joe Masiri from the Dad Habit. Moms have this ridiculous community and bond, and they make friends around the kids practices when they're handing out orange slices after the soccer game and like there's still this thing when you go to the playground like the dad who's with the kids is still a little bit on the outside and men aren't as good at going up there and building that relationship out of thin air and when we don't friends... go to therapy <laughs> right right we're not good at feelings right we're no, not the no, best not. at no. feelings and and being emotionally vulnerable and like that's what we I don't mean. tell Women we don't so... tell each other we like each other's shoes we never uh, say that. We you know what, though? Great, you guys paid some great compliments to me when I came on here. So, uh, that's because we're both in therapy. Yeah. Better help, baby. <laughs> Be like, you know what? Let's compliment someone else and like not have it crush my soul. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're both big on mom Facebook. So we understand feelings <laughs> and talking. We're huge, huge mom Facebook people. How, how, I do, love you, it. how do you create a dad bod? What is a dad bod? Oh, no. Yeah. See, see, the dad bod, right, is like this whole stereotypical thing when it works for what was it? Who was it? I think Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Yeah. He's on a he, beach he, with the dad bod. He's got a dad bod. He doesn't have a dad bank account. He's got a, <laughs> right, he's got exactly. a daddy bank account. Huge. Yeah. Daddy bank You can get that dad bod with a daddy bank account. Oh, man. That helps. That yeah. helps. And not to mention not to mention what they do for these movies. I mean, he goes and he they puts on all this weight and then lose it all. I think it's what Christian Bale, who mm -hmm. you look at him in, what was it, The Machinist and then Batman, right? Like, that's the same person. I don't think that works for everybody. But, man, it, it's not even about that. I, like, they're all ripped dads out there, and that's awesome. And, and if that's what you're going for... I'm all about that to push to that next level. But really, like we have so many dads who just can't get on the floor and play with their kids. Or if they do, there's no way they're getting up, right? Yeah. And we're just trying to take it to a whole new level for them where it doesn't have to be this ridiculous, unachievable goal. Like you can stay active, you can be healthy, you can be in that shape. Because I don't know about you guys, man, but I still love going out and playing baseball with my little son now he's four years old i just coached his t-ball team and let me tell you you guys want an experience in humility you go coach like 16 four-year-olds running around a baseball diamond <laughs> and that'll set you straight real quick you will realize if you didn't already realize how how little power you had in the world you have no control over any of them <laughs> Drexen, we should I, we should buy it just hear me out just hear me out we should sponsor we should sponsor or buy a little league t-ball team and 
then we will be team owners. We will own a professional sports t-ball team. I wouldn't call it professional, but okay. I no, would yeah, we call work on that some there. of well, they're gonna be professionals. These eight-year-olds are gonna step their shit up if they're part <laughs> of the NYC as debtors. Okay, we run this thing like the Steinbrenners of, <laughs> of baseball. We don't put their names on the back. I just want to know what you're going to do. I want you. I want to know what you're going to do when you try and go George Steinbrenner on one of these four-year-olds yeah. and they just sit there and start crying and screaming like you were talking about Michael Barbaro's kids yeah. and then I'll run be, to their mom. I'll be like, yo, hey, I'll be like, look at me in the eye, okay? And the only reason I know this is because of therapy. Winners do cry, but winners get right back up. Okay? Oh, so, so you guys would not give participation trophies then? Not at all. Are you out of your mind? I would point to the <laughs> tallest, most muscular kid on the team and be like, that kid doesn't need practice. Oh Every- Oh, no, no, no. It's just the opposite. You got to break him on day one. You got to break that kid so the others know, right? This becomes Lord of the Flies real quick, guys. I mean, I would love to see this as a reality show. How are you keeping the dads in shape? What's the, especially over the past year when everyone's at home with everyone 24 seven at all times. So this was, look, the best part about the dad hab and what we did, we created this 12 week program. And the whole thing was we did it with dads in mind. So we know that you got to go from work to pick up your kid from practice or school or whatever it might be. And we were already encouraging people to work out at home. So the 12 week program that we created is really simple. It's all 20 minute workouts, three days a week, and it's all body weight exercises. You don't need any equipment and you're doing it from there. Once people go through the 12 week program, we graduate them to what we call the dad hab elite. Um, because you know, we have to weed them out like the kids in T-ball, uh, mm-hmm. to see who mm-hmm. really wants to stick with it. But then no we participation throw in some, trophies. Exactly. We throw in some bands or some, you know, just very little equipment, a pull-up bar, if you kind of want to advance to the next level, um, and do some more, but we were already about this because look, New York, it, I, I, first of all, I love that you, this is called New York is dead and, and we'll get to that in a second, but New York is a grind and to get to the gym you know how many guys throw that bag over their shoulder with their gym clothes in there when they're going to work in their dress shirt and then maybe they take a shower in between and you know at their new york sports club or equinox paying however much it is five hundred dollars a month i think but man they got the keels body soap in there so that's cool Mm -hmm. um what you got to do is you got to bring a little plastic bag so you get your equinox amount yep you know and then you resell that on the etsy black market (laughs) <laughs> and that's how you put your kid through college. And that's uh, how we're going to buy thing. the T-ball team directs. And you see, it all comes full circle. <laughs> the Danny Almontes are coming soon. Look, first of all, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow runs the Etsy black market. And it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. just sitting behind a computer, just like goop, a goop. A goop. <laughs> so working out at home, right? It, you don't need all of this stuff, right? You don't need, you just need to get moving and you start need to get active. We get in this routine and I, I, I've seen it so many times with with you know married couples you come home you get the kids to bed you sit down on the couch you have the wine or the beer after dinner you don't move at all the only moving that you're doing is going from the train to your office and then you're sitting at your desk and if you drink as much coffee and and water as i do then it's to use the bathroom in between Mm -hmm. but that's it right that commute and thank god for that commute in new york because we work with guys all over the country who don't even have that built in right they're Mm -hmm. just going from their car to their office and, and sitting in that cubicle and desk. And then with and COVID even, also, no right, one's going from me. your bedroom to your computer. Well, see, New it's York, crazy. It, does, it doesn't build, I, I, this is a controversial opinion here. I don't think New York builds 
more fit people. I think New York b- builds more fit legs. Your legs are just tight because <laughs> you have to hop on the train every day. I feel like I could walk to Florida just by like living here, but I also feel like I'm not like in like upper body. You'd never like survive anything. the humidity, man. You'd never Ugh. survive the humidity. No, I once would not. you got past once you got past the Mason Dixon, you'd be like, I, I'm in DC. This is what is this swamp I just walked into? Not yeah, for turning time. around. I'm going. Once back. I pass the Mason Dixon, the humidity is the last thing on my mind. Okay. <laughs> 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 Anyways, me and Drexler are performing in Shreveport, Louisiana this weekend. <laughs> Oh, man. But listen, yeah. you talk about New York building athletes, and it's funny because I looked this up because it popped into my head when, when I knew I was coming on here. Do you guys remember there was a commercial for NYU Hospital a couple of years ago? They called it Everyday Athletes. Mm-hmm. And there's like a dog walker who's ha- got like eight dogs, and it's like wrestler. Person like, jumping over the puddle, and it's like high yes. jumper. Yeah. Exactly. There's a dad in that who has three kids that he's carrying, and it says triathlete. <laughs> but like, this is what New York is, right? Like, the fact that people choose to live here. It is like the people who do Tough Mudders and Go Rucks and mm-hmm. all of these insane things. Forgive me here, but uh, you know, I this is what some of some of my black friends would say. It's white people shit, right? When yes. I used to do that stuff, yep. and I'm like, yeah, but they were How out there doing it with you. me. I'm white, <laughs> <laughs> and so am I. For those of the no, people I didn't know. You. And I've seen both of y'all shits. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's it's crazy. Like the fact that we choose this. Yeah, we're masochists a little yeah. bit here, but. I'll tell you what, New York City is my drug. I say that I need to go away to recharge my batteries every once in a while, but like it takes me two days to unwind. I can enjoy it for a day. And on like day four, I'm like, all right, I gotta get back to the grind. I need a hit. I need my fix. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. wait, so how so how are people staying in shape? How are the dads staying in shape during Corona? Oh man, listen, we know that this is it, it's so much, right? I'm glad we have comedy, right? You guys are awesome because it's so Thanks. much about the physical and the mental it's so connected right now and part of that is 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 just having that community to uh commiserate with to you know um there's something cathartic about bitching about your employees or your in this case your your children or your spouse right and hopefully there's somebody on the other side of it who has who can talk you off that ledge who can help you know create that positive attitude and and we are so freaking lucky I mean, we are healthy. Look what we're doing right now. Look what we're talking about. And and I think that keeping those things in perspective, I, I work in the news. So like hearing about these numbers day after day, it, it's, it gets depressing and it wears on you, you know, mentally and physically, those things get connected. Why am I going to get up off the couch and exercise if all I'm hearing about is death and destruction? So, you know, just having each other in that community to remind everybody to stay positive during these times, to, to help you get motivated when you're not. And dude, one of the things I tell all these guys is I lie to myself all the time, right? I hate working out some days. I hate starting to work out. But once you start, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's so much easier. That ball gets rolling and all of a sudden you get momentum. So I'll, I'll lie to myself and say, look, I'm just going to work out for five minutes today and then I'll stop. But once you start, you're in it. You're good. I'm here. I might as well finish. And and having that, having that community, having little hacks where other people tell you how they're fitting it in, seeing your kids, you know, get involved with it. Now my kid, you talk about me going and coaching my kid, my kid, I have at home on my fridge. It's just a, a calendar kind of with all of the days of the month chopped up into little subsections, you know, one for each day in that month. And I color it in for every day I work out. And my son comes to me, he pulls that thing off the fridge. He's like, dad, 
you didn't work out today. We didn't color this in yet. He's like, what are you doing? Ooh, Get up off the couch, you lazy bum. Such yeah. a narc. And, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he keeps me, he's my accountability buddy. <laughs> that's the way I look that's, at it. That's, that's what narcs say. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's the thing. Like dads, the best part about like dads is that there's like a, a built-in responsibility there. It's either like, a, you know, you go, oh, well, I'm already responsible to these kids. I got to be responsible to my body for these kids. You know, which is why there's no uncle hab, because an uncle hab is just showing up every <laughs> Christmas and birthday and being like, yeah, I'm still in your life. And then drinking a beer and then drifting <laughs> off into the sunset. But yeah, yeah. You, ever, you ever try pot, kid? I am 11. <laughs> yeah, it's about time to grow up. <laughs> I'd rather you do it with me in my house. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you telling dads? Like, even with a five bit, like, let's say you got 15 minutes. Like, yeah. what are you doing in 15 minutes? Like, what is, what does that look oh, like? Oh, dude, you can get it. I mean, the, the high intensity interval training, right? You don't need anything it. for that. You do, you do squats, you do, you know, pushups, burpees, all the things that everybody hated at gym class, but the, you know, you can, you can make it work for you. We don't even do that to start everybody off. Mm -hmm. We do these 20 minute workouts, right? But the intensity of them is, is very much relative to what your fitness level is. So basically maybe we start with 30 seconds of work, 30 seconds of rest for everything that we're doing there. And by the end of it, you know, we're up to 45 seconds of work, 15 seconds of rest for your set. People don't understand how much 10 seconds or even in the last week, five seconds makes a difference. And that is like one of the things that, that really hits so many of our dads is that it's five seconds can literally make a difference in your workout. It makes you value your time more. I had this conversation with a buddy of mine and we write, you know, all this stuff when we're looking about the value of our time, because when you're a parent, it's the greatest commodity anyone has, but it, when you're a parent, it's even more valuable. We start like by just getting these healthy habits in place where you're just drinking a glass of water in every morning and let's get that in place after okay gives after you get hydrated what's like next what are, get, what are the five I, the i've five? got the water i've got the water but my arms are so small so what do i do <laughs> but the, the thing is thing? this is cognac continue please <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is about the water right like are you a guy who drinks a gallon of water every day like you carrying around that jug as a thing of pride drexton no. can attest to this that i drink two gallons of diet peach snapple every day and that is half a joke this That's, this water right. i drink i drink one of these every day uh, yeah. just so that I can survive all the alcohol that I drink on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, uh, and that's important, right? That is super important because let's be honest, we're having the wine, you know, at night to wind down and de-stress from the kids. We, we don't tell you what not to do, but basically like you, we just put things in your life that are very simple. So as far as you want the workouts, man, we're doing bird dogs and we're doing push-ups, and we are doing burpees and squats. And, you know, there's different levels, right? There are some guys who can't do some of the dads come and they can't do a squat to begin with. So they're doing literally, they're sitting down and getting up unassisted. Then we have dads who are on the other end of the spectrum who are doing jump squats and they're getting as many as they can in that 30 seconds. And it really does come from the spectrum, but you see that progress as you go. And it doesn't need to be five days a week for an hour a day. It's about getting moving. We also encourage people. So we start, we, we take a baseline of steps, right? You've heard the 10,000 steps um, that are in everybody's life. 
you, it's, we live such sedentary lifestyles because we don't need to go anywhere, right? Uber Eats delivers to our door. We sit, we got Netflix on demand there. Like our lifestyles have become so sedentary that we don't even move. And it's really just about getting up and getting active. We'll do our conversations where we're on the road. We're taking walks while we're doing it, right? On Zoom or we used to use Google Chat, Gchat. I don't know if that's still even a thing since Zoom took over the entire mm -hmm. world of, of any type of online meeting or, or whatever. Um, but it's just like it, you get up off the couch and you make this part of your lifestyle, right? It, it, it's about changing your entire life so that it's not I'm going to the gym. It's that I'm just an active person. Is NYC dead? Oh, God, absolutely not. But don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I'm totally cool with it. Anybody who wants to quit on this city never would have made it here in the first place. Anybody who fled this city, they didn't belong here. Like I said, this is a place where if you are here you and you are a part of this city, it gets in your veins and it becomes part of your identity. New York City is not the rest of this country. Fully aware. Tell everybody it's dead, but it's as vibrant as ever, man. Drex and Clemens. Aton Levine. Uh, you know, for our second interview of the fitness episode, by the way, one interview into the fitness episode, I'm feeling jacked. Yeah, I'm you feeling, feeling jacked? Oh, I'm feeling strong. Feeling pumped? I'm feeling like I got a rippling APAC. I feel like a Hemsworth. I feel like Chris Hemsworth. I feel, after, like, yeah. I feel like Chris Pratt early into his Ooh. Marvel days. Yes, okay? yes, yes. Before, now they're marketing him as like a superhero dad. Yeah, super dad, if you super will. Super dad. Our second interview is uh, with Ariel Padilla from Soul Cycle. Soul Cycle, which yeah. honestly sounds like a, uh, a a cycling gym exclusively to Harlem and Atlanta, but yeah. it is not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. actually the opposite of Atlanta. It started on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Uh, yeah, Soul Cycle used to be called "I've Got No Soul Cycle," and yeah. uh, wow, <laughs> no love for the Upper West Side moms from Drexton this weekend. <laughs> but uh, but no, we, we ended up talking to uh, Ariel Padillas, who's super super great, super super knowledgeable uh, about uh, everything. He's also a personal trainer trainer over at Soul Cycle. Yeah, we had a nice conversation with him, not just about uh, you know just what the past year has been like, but a little bit about uh, the diversity problems that gyms have been uh, forced to reckon with since you know the BLM and the George Floyd protests. Uh, you know, they've had to recognize it. Yeah, especially luxury gyms. Uh, they you yeah. know they've had, they've had to uh, deal with their own inclusion problems and, and their own uh, issues uh, internally, while also. Uh, you know, dealing with things on, on a more corporate and sponsorship level. I mean, you know, a, a lot of these gyms are putting out, uh, you know, different uh, signs and events and things like that in support of a lot of different groups uh, without really looking inward at the work that they needed to do on their own. So this was such a reckoning time for gyms. And I'm so glad we got to talk to Ariel about it. Tough time for hot, white, strong people. Yes. Still tough. This is the one, it's the one time in history they've had to suffer. And yeah. to be honest, uh, <laughs> I, you, know, you, you, you feel for them. You know? <laughs> uh, anyways, this is uh, our interview with Ariel Padilla. Before the pandemic, I was working um, at SoulCycle. I've been an instructor there for like almost seven years. So what was it like before? You were just working at SoulCycle, like in studio and stuff like that? Yeah, in studio. Um, you know, I was teaching probably like 13, 14 classes a week. Mm -hmm. In New York? In New York, yeah. And then, you know, um, Little Koviana showed up and shut us out. Um, Wait, what? Koviana, COVID. Uh, Kobe. Oh, 
I thought I literally thought you were talking about a person named Little Coviana. Yeah, I've heard of it. A little, no. a little, a little panini, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we all are now sitting in a Panera bread. So, so we shut shut you guys down. And then what did you have to do? How did you adjust? Um, yeah, no, she shut us down. Um, we were. I was just like literally. It's the first time I'd never worked for more than um, two weeks, and I was just like, "Oh, we'll be back next month," you know, and whatever, you know. Obviously, it was a year. Um, in the pandemic, you know, I kind of was just like, thankfully I was getting taken care of by work, you know, I kind of put in the work. So they were sort of like taking care of us, but I just like act genuinely like missed doing the job and like seeing people. So I was like, let me figure out how to like create a, an online situation that feels like sort of reminiscent of, of what I do at soul, which is just like, you know, not like a boot camp style class. Like, you know, the way that I teach fitness is like, you know, I like to kind of be create like an inclusive space. So, you know, kind of make things fun when it changed my life personally, I was like, um, okay, like, let me kind of do that for other people. So I created like an online platform, like a, a hit style workout that, you know, we end with learning like stupid video choreography, like Britney Spears, like Jennifer Lopez choreography. And, you know, I did it every Sunday. I called it like workout with Q. Mm-hmm. And where did you do it like from your apartment, just like your living room? Or? Um, yeah, I did it from right here. <laughs> How important do you think fun is uh, for people when they're working out? Um, to, to me, it's it's everything, you know, like it's, it's the most important thing. Um, I do not like to be bullied into working out. I do not like do well when um, I sort of feel like bullied or, you know, attacked in a workout class. Like that boot camp style shit is like just truly not for me. Like I grew up playing football. Like I got my dose of like men screaming at me and I, I'm not going to do that ever again. Isn't that part of like the, I feel like not soul cycle. Or like, isn't that part of the, the whole training thing? You're just like yelling at people like, get it, motivate, do faster. Totally. You know, what's the line? Well, I think it's like definitely like a part of like, you know, working out, but you know, the, what, what, what we give at soul cycle kind of is different. You know, I found that I found this place like after my mom passed away and, um, you know, it, it is very much like a, this, you know, this dark space where like you kind of, you, you get your life and every instructor has a little bit of a different flavor. So you kind of find like who's right for you. And like, you know, you do your thing with them and they're in charge of the music. They sort of like, run the gamut of like how the class works out and it's kind of like crazy when you feel like inspired um without being like punished do you think the hot girl um, summer is actually happening or yeah do you think hot people you think, summer second to that do you think people try to get ready for a hot girl summer or a hot people summer and then like then fizzled out like was it like pre-summer everybody was like i'm gonna hit this gym i'm gonna so cycled away and then like it just fizzled out as the summer went by like i have a theory that everyone has sexed themselves tired by mid-july everyone was already like i am exhausted you know, what it's, and, like, it's like that. It's like in Mario Kart right before, like, while well, the, the, t- the numbers are counting down, you can like yeah. press the gas button. But if you don't let it go at a certain time, like you just fizzle out at the very beginning. Yeah. That's what the, so everybody was like, oh, we're going to fucking ha ha And then like we press uh, the hot girl summer, a hot summer was supposed to start. And then we all just fizzled out immediately. Because there was that moment, like when everything started opening up where people socially were like, I haven't spoken to more than five people in a year and a half. Like, mm-hmm. so there was that part where everyone didn't know exactly like what to do and then everyone got back into the swing of things and then i think that it was just everything opened up at the same time and everyone was back into work at the same time 
that by like July, everyone was like a little bit over it. See, but y'all, I'm assuming, are not gay. Oh, wait, was it wild out there? I will just say that gay people are indestructible and um, <laughs> like literally will not stop. <laughs> uh, is it still hot? It's still a uh, hot summering in the gay community? Yeah, I would say it's still hot. Like I would say, um, yeah, all gay people are just like perpetually tired because like we just like do not stop. <laughs> um, and like we, through, throughout the month of June and July, we just like truly just like have not stopped. Is it still hot? It's still a hot party summer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's absolutely still going. Why why yeah. why is that? That the gay community is so much more energetic than mm, I don't know, because like girls are mad weird and we don't have that sort of like negativity on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, so you know, true. you know, you know what they're not getting? That girl who goes, No, we all decided to Uber home together. Then. Yeah. But we no, all we already decided. ordered the Uber. We already like, ordered the Uber. Danielle? We ordered the Uber already. So you have to, we have to go. Are you not going to yeah. get in the Uber? Wow. So I could have got an Uber, I could have got a regular Uber, but because of you, I wanted to get an yeah. Uber XL, but you don't want to go? Okay, And fine. then you're just trying to talk to this girl, and then you're like, well, you're like, oh, well, I mean, you live by here. Like, I'm walking the same subway, and then the girl is like, we're not talking to you right now. We're talking to Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I miss Danielle, if you're out there, I love you. <laughs> so uh, what you're saying is that's not happening in in um queer no, spaces. as soon as the floodgates opened up gay people were just like we are outside and we are not going back inside and i don't think it'll stop until probably halloween or until the delta shuts us all down but like is there at all a feeling of like we got a party now because we're getting shut down i would say that there's like an uh there's like a little bit like of an like a, a current of that um happening but I still feel like the, the the boys are just trying to like still get it out from last year. Did did you see an uptick in people taking workout classes when everything opened back up? Um, I would say that like, you know, people who really were in it beforehand, like definitely were like, I'm coming back, you know? And I think we sort of like separated into like like a bunch of like different categories. It was like the people who were like, oh, I've been missing this shit so bad that like I'm hopping in as soon as they say I can. And then there are people who are like, I'm not ever doing that again. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm like, I've gone digital. I don't feel safe. And, you know, and there are people who are just like, I need like some time, you know, and like that pool of people have sort of been like inching their way back in. I mean, it's been like a couple of months now, you know, so like a bunch of people from that pool have like been like, let me see what it's like. Is this still me? And, um, it, it's definitely those three things, you know, um, at Seoul, we launched our digital platform, our at-home bike that you can buy with the screen on it. And, um, you know, I'm one of the founding instructors on that platform. It's Equinox Plus. So um, we um, we started filming our on-demand and like digital content, like at the very, like towards the, right before the pandemic happened, we were like sort of like in studio filming and, um, we launched the product right at the beginning of the pandemic. So like around May, we were like, oh, it's time to go get these bikes out. And so like, we saw like a really like big uprising of people buying that. And like, also just like us finding out what our like dark room space translates to digitally. And um, that's been like a really fun, like growing opportunity too, because, you know, in the last year we went from like literally zero to we're in probably like 25,000 homes now. And, that's been pretty cool. 
Do you feel like Soul Cycle or like you know Equinox or a lot of these like high end gems um, have an inclusion problem? As in both clientele and the the staff that works there. You know, I would say that like it started as like two older like white women were just like that's how it was founded. You know, they had lunch. Julie and Elizabeth Cutler. I mean, Julie Rice, Elizabeth Cutler were just like. One of them was a lawyer. One of them was a talent agent, and they both like love cycling. And like two of their friends were just like, you know what? You should meet this other girl who I know who won't stop talking about this shit. And then they like had lunch and then wrote down like on a napkin like we should start this business called Soul Cycle. And you know it was sort of like crafted out of the minds of like this sort of like this this woman who of this age from the Upper West Side. It was built on the Upper West Side, and it was built as this like you know luxury fitness brand that was just like. Um, it was the first boutique fitness studio ever. So it was just like, <clears throat> I think created like for a person of, of this area, you know, and like it then, you know, sort of grew out. And as, as we've sort of grown out, um, I think there's a pretty like diverse staff on, on the team. Um, and I think that, you know, it's a little hard for some people to sort of break into the bubble when you, do, when you think you don't fit but like, it's sort of about like finding your people, you know? So like, I like to think that the, the space that I create for people is like super inclusive. Like I can look out at the people who've been riding with me. If I have a full room, it's just like, it's giving black, it's giving white, it's giving mad gay, it's giving, you know, older, it's giving people who are heavier. Um, but, you know, the stigma in like all workout situations and, you know, the classes that like are typically you know known as like cool and hot like probably look a certain way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you mean um you know like i think like they like there are classes like and you know people who teach like certain things that kind of do not create like inclusive spaces or just like those classes just like everyone looks the same everyone looks white everyone looks already fit you know so it's sort of like you know the reason why i think people sort of run away from from like working out in like in these kinds of spaces because it's just like well I don't look like that or you know like well I'll, I need to get in shape before I do that which I think is like the craziest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. So so how do you fix that though? Um, I think you fix that with like like I mean the proof is in the, in the classes you know like I feel like it's like you show up and if the instructor is like giving it to you honestly. Um, then you know you know that you can come back and you can bring somebody who's like oh you would like this you know and it's very much like a word of mouth kind of industry you know people are not like necessarily i mean people are like writing like little reviews online but like they're not i think word of mouth is like the strongest thing and that's how you sort of like create community i remember like around you know like during the protests and stuff like that and after the black lives matter movement there was oh i i got a bunch of like kind of cringe emails from like different workout places that are like celebrate black culture with our spin thing. Like, and it always felt like that was also like from a corporate setting. It's like when, when Chase Bank puts up a Juneteenth thing, like it feels the same, like awkward, like what's the mix there? You know, I, I, I felt like that was coming from everyone. Right. Like I was just like, um, this is mad weird. And I was like a little proud that, you know, at least like where where I was working, they were just like, you know, we sort of like want to like acknowledge this, like do people want to participate in this? And I was just like, um, I don't, you know? And like, there are black voices, there are like voices of color that, you know, people, personalities who are just like, yeah, 
I am a teacher, you know, I want to respond to all of this by like letting people know how to act and like using this platform to like teach people. Um, and I chose to not, like, I don't want Why to. do you think that is? For things like of this matter, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to teach people more. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I do, I do enough teaching. Um, I don't feel like it, it's my, it's, this is my journey, like, you know, I'll let other people who are ready and willing to like do this, do this. And like, I don't think all black people have to be responsible to like teach people in these situations. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it feels, it felt like, especially in that moment, right? Like it felt like a lot of people were really trying to be like, how do I do the work? How do I, you know, what do I need to do that's right? And then, you know, they're coming to, to us who are grieving. It, honestly like you know because uh, we don't want to be protesting we don't want to be out here we, we we rather all of these things not be happening and going like well how can how can i be a better person can you make me a better person and it's like i don't want to do your work for you and i and i feel like the the thing that i think about a lot is like i don't want to do your work for you especially in a space that doesn't feel like it was built from with me in mind to begin with right with a lot of these luxury places, a lot of these luxury brands that became so woke during the pandemic and not saying that it was performative or not performative, but it just felt like, uh, well, we weren't even in your mind or in or on your brain uh, until it benefited you by feeling like you did the work here. And so then why would I help you if you if we were never top of mind to begin with? And after all of this is said and done, after you feel like you've done the work, it's not like you're lowering the prices. It's not like you're having more inclusive classes. It's not like you're doing you you do what you feel like you need to do to service the moment and then you continue on about your brand and your day. So why would I help? You know? Totally. As everything's opened back up again and as working out has uh, started up again in the city, like what do you think the next portion of fitness in new york is going to look like um i think it's just like getting everyone's like safety down first i think it's just like what everybody's trying to figure out she's like how do we keep everybody as safe as possible um but like i think that the digital space has sort of like come in and like isn't going anywhere you know came in to sort of like um like save everybody a little bit but I think it changed people's minds about like what they need to do and like where they need to go. It's like, if I can do these things from like my living room, like, do I leave, do I need to leave? Like, do I ever need to like go be back like around tons of people? I personally feel like a hybrid of that is like going to be like the normal and what I would want to, like, I don't, I don't need to sort of be like surrounded by people all the time, but like, I do love people, you know, like it, 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 you can't, you can't recreate that on a Zoom. Like, you know, like when I came back from my first like in-person class, I was just like, okay, you know what? There's a reason why I do like, like doing this stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty special when you have like 50 people together and like, you know, we're all kind of like getting some shit done today. Do you think that NYC is dead? God, no. <laughs> no. Why? Very much alive and it's trying to kill me still. <laughs> just <laughs> How's NYC trying to kill you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just taking my money, keeping me up. Uh, the, the gays are just, the gays are relentless. I will tell you. Are you saying it's expensive to be a gay person? I'm, it's very expensive to be a gay person. 
I spend $13 a week as a straight man. Does that not $13 Monday to Friday? So we can confirm that working out isn't dead in NYC. We're just working off our love handles. Forget our freshman 15. You know how hard it's been to leave the house when HBO Max is dropping a new movie every other day? And yet fitness has adapted. You can work out from the comfort of your own home if things spike again. Workouts can be tailored to your personal life, like the dad habit. And for the first time, luxury brands are starting to reckon with their inclusion problems in a major way. Working out isn't just about looking good enough to get a few more matches on Hinge, it's about progress. Sweet, sweet gains, baby. And fitness in New York isn't about the destination, it's about the person yelling at you from the Peloton on your journey. And sure, we all lost our minds this year, but now there are even more ways to lose some weight and keep yourself healthy while the apocalypse happens around us. Working out isn't dead, and in New York City, it never will be. NYC is Dead is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producers are Julia Cassidy, Eden Sudley, Anna Marie Johnson, and Leslie King. This episode was produced by us, Drexen Clemens and Aton Levine, aka the Pastrami Boys. This show is edited by Maureen Begas. You can follow us on Instagram at, at @thisguydrex, at Aton the Goalie, and at NYC is Dead Podcast, or email the show at NYC is Dead Podcast at Gmail. See you next week. <laughs>